0: Welcome back to the Wading Through the Waters podcast. My name is Josh and I'm here with Catherine. Catherine, how are you today?
1: I'm doing well. How are you?
0: Good. I'm so glad that you have said yes to this and that we can sit down and just talk a little bit. I know uh, the whole goal is uh, sometimes we're in lunch and we just have great conversations about, you know, things that are happening, things that we're thinking about. And um, I've always wanted to just record that. And 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 so. Excited to have you! This podcast is designed to help people wade through the waters of life and navigate a difficult mental health system, and so um, that's our goal. That's what we're trying to do: is help people navigate life, and and um, so we have some questions we're going to talk about. We're going to talk a little bit about you, a lot of a little bit about your um, areas of interest and things that you like to learn about in counseling, yeah. and so. First, I'd love to talk a little bit about your background and learn a little bit about who Catherine is and sure. how you got here as, yeah. a, as a provider. And so, first of all, when did you know that you wanted to be a counselor?
1: That's a tough question to answer. So okay. I guess I would say, like, my interest in psychology started probably in high school actually um but i i really i wasn't sure i wanted to go to grad school and so i and i knew that the options were limited if you didn't so i went a completely different route at first and then i think um working in in social services i was really fortunate coming out of college to work for an agency that really valued um trauma-informed care okay and so I remember kind of like sitting in a training I worked I had been working with a lot of social workers and things like that at that point and I was sitting in a training about that and kind of I don't know The it clicked and I was like I need mm. to go Yeah, go back to grad school and do this. Okay, and then you went back to
0: grad school. Mm -hmm. Now that's a two-year process. Mm -hmm. For for
1: me, it was a three-year because I was working. Um, Yeah, I had a baby through the process, so I did a kind of three-year part-time program. Okay, so yeah,
0: and then and then where did your career go from there? Mm -hmm. You came straight out of grad school, or what did you what did you do?
1: Yeah, so like I said, you know, before grad school, I was kind of already working in the space, Mm -hmm. but I was more working on the side of. kind of community organizing and communications and just trying to connect actually military families to to resources, oh. mental health being one of them. And then um, after I went back to grad school, my focus was actually with survivors of interpersonal violence. Wow. Um, yeah. And, and so I did that for a little bit and then, yeah, started here at, at Peaceful Waters. Okay. Yeah. Um, so
0: now um, you, you've gone through and, and dealt with a lot of different traumas people who 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 are dealing with a lot of different things um did did anything at first catch your interest in terms of that i know you said you you dealt with interpersonal trauma
1: yeah interpersonal violence and then even before i was a counselor like doing the work that i did um in a different role with social services was um focused on you know military families and veterans so there's obviously a lot of you know trauma ptsd or just you know, life challenges that come up with that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was definitely where my focus was to, to start and still, you know, where my um, probably primary interest lies okay. is still working with, with folks that are navigating that.
0: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Now... So you don't have a. I know some counselors go into a mm-hmm. specific specialty where yeah. they mm-hmm. they love to just dive into all the research and all the different aspects mm-hmm. of one certain mm-hmm. part of counseling. And yeah. I I think I think the Swiss Army knife that is is having having multiple aspects that you focus on is is a great benefit and i know that's that's something that i think you have yeah um what's what maybe what do you enjoy the most about counseling Mm -hmm. and 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 looking into and what's been uh the thing you've enjoyed most um focusing on
1: yeah, so, you know, again, that trauma, PTSD is a big focus of mine. I, yeah. like, nerd out on the the neuroscience of kind of, like, the brain and mm. and really like to, like, dig in, into what's happening and what happens when we encounter stress and anxiety and things like that. Where did um, you think that
0: came from? Like, do you um, – did you yeah. have personal experience with something like that? Or? Absolutely,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, growing up, I – um You know, grew up in a home with domestic violence. So it is really near and dear to my heart. Kind of going through that. Um, and kind of going through my own process of healing from that um, yeah. definitely was where that interest lied. And I think for me, education about it and like understanding what was going on, you know, in my brain and yeah. other people's brain in response to that was a big part of my own healing. So right. I, I just like that education piece of it and just kind of the understanding of what's happening. Because I think when we can understand you know, we can understand ourselves better, but I also mm-hmm. think it takes away a lot of the, I don't know, you know, shame or mm-hmm. just kind of mystery out of like what's what's happening.
0: And it empowers yeah. you to be able to absolutely move forward from it. Yes. you know, when you yep. when you can call it out and say, "Hey, this is yeah, this is the reason behind, mm-hmm. you know, why I do some of the things I do." It's, yep. it it really does empower you, and that's what I absolutely. think is is great about yeah the work that's done here but also just obviously um you know especially now i think there's been a i wouldn't say a revitalization but a an awakening in this generation Mm -hmm. to really um, learn about some of these things much more than yeah the the conversations that were had just 20 years ago you know like i think even 10 years ago like yeah. especially the pandemic you know yeah we're mm-hmm. we had so like many different
1: collective stress oh yeah. my gosh. collective trauma if you will yeah what yeah. what did
0: you guys find i know mm-hmm. that obviously we went to working virtually for a sure. long time yeah what did yeah. you guys find people were dealing with yeah in the pandemic
1: it's it's odd i feel like for some people it was you know really difficult and yeah. really challenging and of course i think the panic you know that collective panic and anxiety was a big part of like just helping people navigate at first and, right um that crisis you know, mode yeah type of yeah that crisis mode and then i think as it continued i think we found like one of two things where i had some clients who were really and just you know friends and family members who were really like finding themselves thriving, you know, in the midst of it and finding like they could catch a breath, like Uh whether that was because they were able to work from home and have a little bit more balance or recognizing like certain relationships were, you know, unhealthy or the pressures of just life, you know, that all the things were kind of taken off the table Um, and they were able to be a little bit more present. And then I think other people had the exact opposite experience where like the isolation and just the you know, the stress of maybe living in a community where they were being hit a lot harder mm-hmm. by the pandemic. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a lot more loss and and more, you know, depression and things like
0: that. Oh, gosh. I mean, um, so I know that all too mm-hmm. well with. Yeah. You know, we had a baby in the pandemic. Yeah. I, I just think about all yeah. the life experiences that people yep. had. Sure. Gr- graduating high school and college. Yeah, that they missed
1: out on. Mm-hmm. Right. And I mean, mm-hmm. there's
0: so much to to grieve and to yes. Yeah. To process. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. what were, do you have any takeaways from hmm. maybe things that you learned or that you tried to help clients learn um, sure. at, now that we're kind of on the other on side the other of it, we're still dealing it. with the effects, but were yeah. there any takeaways that you found that were helpful or um, mm-hmm. anything yeah. that you thought? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think just like one this is just good in general, but like being present, you know, with yourself, you know, mm-hmm. I think that the pandemic maybe forced a lot of people to have to do that in a really different way than they ever had been. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think learning to kind of listen in and tune in to what's going on for you right. and, and kind of having that minute of quiet that we don't really get very often, yeah. um, you know? And, and then I think, um, yeah, just maybe learning to, just better ways of like coping with uncertainty Mm. you know i think that that's a really big part of um what a lot of us aren't comfortable with and where we have to really get a little bit more comfortable with that uncertainty and just how to navigate that and tolerate it
0: yeah there's so much of a when you're in the swing of things you're in this cycle of just going to work and doing this Mm -hmm. and doing this and then when everything comes to a halt you have no idea what to do you know and you know it's kind of like the the prevention method of you don't go to a doctor only when you're sick right you have to go for regular checkups absolutely and if you if you do that with with yourself emotionally and mentally yeah you're able to to much better handle the things that that can come in your life i'm sure yes um
1: big time Mm -hmm. so
0: want to talk and this can be pandemic related or not mm-hmm. not so much as much i want to talk about some of the challenges sure. that you have uh just kind of dive into um what it means to be a counselor mm-hmm. and you know how you, how the work you are doing uh can be difficult at times yeah. and so i'm wondering what are some of the challenges that you have um mm-hmm. Uh, in 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 trying to help clients
1: yeah sure yeah i think some of it is you mentioned like this podcast was designed to help navigate the mental health system i think that that system is probably one of the biggest challenges sometimes that comes up right you know um whether it's like access to a, a higher level of care or just you know maybe a different um another type of resource that is there and i think especially with us being in a more rural community i think that that's even more of a challenge sometimes it's like having the necessary resources that we need um you know to really meet the the needs of clients sometimes yeah and be really difficult in what way do you think
0: Mm -hmm. um different communities have struggles because i i think Mm -hmm. um it can sound ambiguous to some people like you know, mental health is, mm-hmm. is just, um, is not as important or, right, um, right. so in what ways do you think there are challenges for, for communities like ours? Because yeah, I want to get yeah. really specific to, sure, to some of the people who could be listening and say, yeah. um, you know, this isn't, this isn't easy sometimes. So, mm-hmm. so what would you say to to the challenges that are here specifically that you've seen
1: yeah i mean i think um even though like you said it's getting a lot better i think even culturally you know sometimes like that recognition that um you know it's okay to go see a counselor so i think that can be like the first hurdle Mm -hmm. especially you know when maybe you're raised with more values like you know pull your stuff up you know, yourself up by your bootstraps Uh or things like that. So I think that that can be one hurdle. Um, and then I think, you know, when the next hurdle is just finding, finding Mm. care. Right. Mm. And like even knowing where to look, right. Um, I really learned this in kind of my role before becoming a counselor was like, sometimes people just don't even know where to look or what to search for or, you know, um, And then they start looking and then there's all these different names Mm -hmm. and all different styles of therapy and like, you know, finding the right fit is a big part of it. And so you start looking at that and it becomes really daunting and calling and being told that there's a waiting list. Right. And so, you know, I think especially around in this area there's just not enough mm. people to meet the demand right yeah um that's that's out there and, and so i think the way i kind of look at it is like the barrier to entry you know yes. the yeah. all of the steps that can yep. come
0: in for somebody to actually right. start that process right. and and yep. actually get into it too yep. you know a lot of people may mm-hmm. may take that first step but sometimes that first session they they just don't come back or sure. you yeah. know and and so along that lines one of the questions I had always about what you do to build rapport mm-hmm. and build trust uh, yeah. I, I know that yeah. word is not typically used rapport yeah you know? so yeah. trust with your clients and you want That's to build really a relationship is, yeah yeah so mm-hmm. so what what do you find has been the most helpful to do that and mm-hmm. and and what do you what do you feel is most important in that first First process of building trust
1: yeah I think I think there's a lot of things that can go into it you know obviously just kind of like giving that space to to listen and really you know um, tune into what they need and that might look really different with different clients right right Um, you know some clients come in and they're ready to talk and so it's just kind of giving that space for other clients they might need a little bit more on the front end from you to feel comfortable whether that's just you know um, information about counseling mm-hmm. and how it works and the process so that they're really kind of, it's not as much of a mystery anymore and they kind of know what to expect yeah. so that they can sort of ease, um, you know, or just even being a human, yeah. right? I am not a, like, just smile and nod type yeah. of therapist and so, you know, my personality is going to come out and I think that that, um, you know, just being a human and, yeah, getting up, and not being rigid and giving them permission to kind of like do what they need to do. You know, I know that those, those things kind of sound silly, but I think a lot of times people come in and especially if it's their first time, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a scary, it's daunting. So I think having someone just say like, you know, get comfortable, like take your shoes off if you want to, um, I think can really like put people at ease Yeah, um, right from the very beginning. Yeah. And then,
0: Mm -hmm. you know, what would you say to somebody who's skeptical, who's mm-hmm. who's kind of heard about counseling and knows that it's important, yeah. and they've just not taken that step? I'm curious... Sure. Um, do you have any thoughts for that person? What yeah. do what do you feel like is, is most important that they know about counseling and they know about, mm-hmm. um, the process of just starting? What do, what do you think is, is most important for them?
1: Yeah. I mean, I would say be skeptical. Like, I think that's mm-hmm. okay. Especially if it leans on the side of curiosity,
0: Good. um,
1: yeah. because and ask lots of questions, yeah. you know, I think that's another, it's a big misconception. Um, you know, about therapy is like okay especially after you've jumped through all these hurdles to get in with the you know to someone but like even before that just asking questions of the person asking what their style is mm-hmm. asking uh, you know about the process asking what methods that they use and why that might work for your specific yeah you know um issue that you're bringing in or whatever is causing you to seek therapy um you know, we know from research that like one of the strongest predictors of whether therapy is work is going to work or not is that relationship, that rapport that you're talking about. Right. So, um, you know, that's one of the strongest predictors of success in therapy. So it's OK to to shop around. Yeah. You know, I was just and say find that. the right fit. And I tell every client that from the start, I said, If, you know, it's all about finding the right fit, it is going to – it's okay if I'm not that for you. You know, I'd rather you voice that so I can maybe help you find Mm -hmm. the right person. We have a lot of good therapists here, and we all have different styles, so.
0: Yeah, and to embrace that initial process. absolutely. Because I think Mm -hmm. oftentimes it's just like, no, it didn't work. I'm good. Right. You know, and it's like if you you commit to it and say, look, Mm -hmm. like I'm going to find somebody who I can connect with. Right, uh, right you will it may sure. take so for some people it's that first time you know so yep. for some people some people may have issues that they just it doesn't even matter they just need to talk to somebody yeah absolutely. somebody it doesn't matter who it is right but for right. some people they really need to have that mm-hmm. that connection it may take yep. a couple of people yes. um to really have have a good connection and to yeah. really um understand the style and sure um yeah because you like you said all you're human you have yeah, different yep. ways of mm-hmm. of um, connecting with people you have friends that you connect with right. uh, bec- for a reason because yeah, you guys absolutely. are alike and yeah, so yeah. um now i want to ask you about your job more and talk about mm-hmm. um, what you really enjoy about being yeah. a, a, a provider here um you can talk specifically about peaceful waters but also mm-hmm. just what what do you enjoy about um counseling people
1: yeah yeah I mean I I think I'm a naturally curious person and so I really enjoy just like being curious with Mm -hmm. my clients yeah I tell them I don't I don't have all the answers yes I have expertise yes I have training but you know I really enjoy just kind of going through that journey with them and and witnessing a lot of courage and vulnerability and you know it really takes that and then especially when you have those light bulb moments when clients have those light bulb moments that is you know the really cool part of the work that we do yeah um and it just yeah i guess i i just am inspired all the time and i'm you know learning all the time and yeah. i really like that part of it um yeah yeah and i feel like you know going to the peaceful waters this environment in particular really does that right i think we all um work really well together mm. and i think you know um yeah, there's just a, a good sense of community here and a good sense of, like, we're taking care of our clients, but that, you know, we also take care of each other. And mm. you just don't get that, you know, everywhere.
0: So let's talk a little bit about your journey here at Peaceful Waters mm-hmm. and when you initially came yeah. and, and, and who you started working with. So I know yeah. uh, you had experience with trauma yeah. and and understanding that and helping people walk through really difficult situations. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, situations that they were in or, or sure. things that have been done to yeah. them. Um, first of all, what are some of those situations? I know if we say trauma, right? Yeah. But, yeah, but what are some yeah. of the experiences that people have gone through that you tried to help them through?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like that's become, you know, you talk about social media, definitely a buzzword. And okay. it is, you know, like what... What is that? And it can be a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So where I was at before, specifically working with interpersonal violence, that would be, you know, domestic violence, sexual assault, um, you know, um, yeah, child abuse, things like that. Mm. So specifically like person-on-person violence, stalking, harassment, things like that. Wow. Um, So, yeah, that was very specialized. So I was really, I mean, that was the only people that we worked with was... You know people that had gone through something like that um you know coming and journeying to peaceful waters like then yeah that definition of trauma for sure expanded um you know that could be um you know first responders and some of the stuff that they see on their calls but Mm -hmm. it can also be you know i don't want to say smaller because it's not i don't think we want to get into the business of like Mm -hmm. comparing right um but just other anything that can cause that like stress fight or flight response Mm -hmm. and I I think a lot of times we overlook things like you know an embarrassing moment in school Mm -hmm. where someone's you know making fun of you or bullying and those things can be you know just as traumatic especially when they happen multiple times repeatedly they can have you know the same types of effects yeah Um, so yeah and what might be trauma to one person might not be for another person yeah yeah. and then I know
0: Mm -hmm. military as well yeah a lot of people obviously who have trauma from the military you're all you're a military family spouse Spouse, and so um you know that's something you're familiar with personally Mm -hmm. as as you you know your spouse but i'm sure that you had to help so many of, of the people in the military with sure um the stress, the, the anxiety Mm -hmm. that can come with that. And, um, so you started by coming here and you were working a lot in those scenarios. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I know you, you didn't stay with just that. Right. So what happened?
1: Well, yeah, coming here, you know, and I think that, um, while yes, we have providers that specialize, like we are more general population, Uh like, you know, people are coming here for a lot of different things. Right. So we're not just known as like, you know, a trauma focused agency although uh-huh. we do have a lot of us do have training specifically in that but um so yeah I it actually fell in I had not you know really worked with kids um all that much and so um Yeah, fell into working with kids and it was just kind of, I think, the ongoing joke here of just like, wow, Catherine really builds good, you know, rapport and works really well with kids. And, um, yeah, I think it was initially a growth edge for me and I had to kind of seek out some more training and things like that. Yeah. But I really find I like working with the kiddos, especially teenagers as well.
0: What do you you think – made you, made you start to like it? Because I'm sure it's scary at first because it's, it's It's very different. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's very, um, like you said, you probably had to learn some more stuff about uh, how to interact in that relationship. So what, what made you start to like it and, and start to understand that, Oh, I think I'm pretty good at this, you know? Like what, what, what was that journey like?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, you're right. It was just learning different ways of connecting different ways of like, um, you know doing the work right because it is very different they're at a completely different developmental stage Mm -hmm. and that can look way different for you know a seven-year-old vice a 14 year old right um but i think what i really liked it was like kids you know or even adolescents are, are sponges, right? Like they're not, um, their brains are able to make these connections so much faster sometimes mm. than adult brains are. And so it was just really neat to see, you know, how like play play therapy techniques and just, um, you know, teaching skills how you know we talk about something they'd go home and like implement it right away right right? you know and come back and just be so happy and you know it worked and so that was really cool for me to see yeah um you know and it's just a different pace working with with
0: kids Um, I was gonna say you know I feel like there's a lot more openness but then i then i'm also second guessing myself what what is the experience like I because it's just
1: different yeah. yeah i mean just i think that can be the same as adults like so some kids are really open and just like talking and chatterboxes for other kids they might be a little bit more anxious and you really have to kind of work um i think the cool thing about kids and you and especially teenagers right is like they don't play they can read you like a book if they don't like what's going on or they don't like you like you will know and and i think that that can be really cool because then you can um you know it's more there right in your face right you can work with that and i think that that um can allow for you know healing and change to occur a lot faster yeah um
0: yeah and And what mm -hmm. what do you do in those scenarios i mean if a if a if you can tell that the I mean, uh, let's talk about kids or teenagers, yeah. for example. Mm-hmm. If you can tell that they're not into it, yeah, maybe their their parent brought them in. Yep, they're just like Which you need to go to counseling. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You need to go into counseling for, you know, a divorce right. or a or a, a thing that was traumatic to you. Like, right. and you can tell that they're just not into it. What do you do? Like,
1: honestly, especially if it's a teenager, I will just say that i'll just be like it's okay you don't want to be here you know yeah that's okay you know what do you want to talk about and i might spend you know a few sessions just like kind of giving them back a little bit of control because especially Mm -hmm. if they're kind of being forced into coming you know a lot of that control is taken from them and so i think it's important for that for me to put it back in their hands a little bit knowing that like that front end work will hopefully lead to kind of trust and rapport Mm. and they'll um eventually get to what they need to you know talk about
0: yeah um, and and not putting a timeline on it yeah exactly. you know trying yeah. to yeah. trying to let yeah like you said give them right. some control right. because yeah um that's the only way and and mm-hmm. not saying that the parent is wrong to bring no, them in and no, force no, no, them no, it's more all. just to say yeah, yeah. um you you have to build trust and you have to build this relationship um, for any meaningful conversation and change to happen. And so it just sometimes takes time and, Mm -hmm. and a really careful, um, evaluation of where you should go next
1: absolutely yeah yeah absolutely yeah and parents are definitely well-meaning you know it's just it, it's a challenge yeah
0: mm-hmm. what do you say to the parents that are going Mm-mm. through that
1: yeah i think just letting them know of that what you're saying about time and just that it, it's gonna take some time especially if they're um you know not coming of their own decision right right? and not the ones doing you know really wanting to be there initially it just it is it's going to take some time and that i think change happens overnight and that i i really feel parents are a huge part of that process so Mm -hmm. you know i want them to be involved in it
0: uh, Mm. yeah because i think there's a generational Mm -hmm. like i like we were talking about there's a generational difference in in the way people see therapy counseling and uh you know so the parents sometimes can see counseling different than their yes. their child yes and mm-hmm. um, I think it's our jobs to I think it's our job to understand how to help people overcome right. those differences absolutely you know I, I, as a as a place where people can come and and mm-hmm. um, talk about some of the deepest things in their life mm-hmm. um, you, you have obstacles that you have to overcome absolutely. and I think it's it's really um can be difficult sometimes but also Mm -hmm. like you were talking about rewarding yes to understand and and really work through some of those things Mm um i want to talk about some of the common misconceptions of therapy yeah because like we talked about stigma Mm -hmm. and and the the cultural differences so what are some of the most common misconceptions that you Mm -hmm. have found um prevalent today
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that one, like coming to therapy, like makes you weak or makes, yeah, whatever the case. So I think that I do see that one changing a lot. Okay. Right. I don't, I don't think that that comes up as often, but it, it's still there, right? And you know, I always say like that therapy is, poof, you're putting yourself out there, like mm-hmm. really being vulnerable, really doing tough work. Yeah. Um, you know, it takes a lot of courage. Yeah. Um, I think the other one is the time thing that you were talking about, like just that. Um, I think a lot of people come in thinking like maybe it can be fixed in a few sessions and sometimes that's the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of times, you know, it's not right. A lot of times the first few sessions is us really just identifying the the problem uh-huh. or what's going on or what's contributing to it and kind of setting some goals. So
0: why do you why do you yeah. think it can't? I yeah. want to I want to yeah. just go down that sure. a little bit. Why yeah. do you think it can't? be fixed in one or two sessions because some people really, I think, believe that. Sure. You know, I I go to a doctor, they give me some medicine and that. So why do you think it can't for for somebody who's gone through something um, pretty deep and they may not know it? Um, What do you think is is there?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, you know, I think very occasionally it can be, but I think it can't because, again, the first few times are really us just trying to figure out like what is – um what's going on here, right? you know, I think if someone's shown up at my door, the chances that they've tried to to do it you know on their own, right and mm-hmm. have run into an obstacle somehow, which means that you know there's a lot to this, mm-hmm. right um, and that we really want to give it some time to to figure it out to look at it to kind of dive in. Um, and especially when you're talking about, you know, I think, I use patterns a lot, like Mm. of patterns of behavior, patterns of thoughts, right? Um, Patterns of like our bodies, just reactions that happen Uh completely outside of our control. So what we're talking about is really looking at those patterns a lot deeper and they're really, you know, ingrained. They're really grooved in at that point, Uh right? That's not going to be an overnight fix to, to, to change how those patterns work. Um, so yeah, it just, it's not a quick, quick fix. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. And it, and it can require learning a lot about yourself, yes. a lot about some yeah. situations that you may have not thought about, thought about mm-hmm. for a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And, right. um, it, it can often be hard, but, right. Rewarding and, um, ultimately allows you to move forward. You yes. know, and allows yeah. you to yeah. that's I feel like the only way that sometimes you can move forward. Mm-hmm. Um because it can it can oftentimes just linger in your life mm-hmm. for a long time and yeah uh, in ways that you don't even know. So. Right,
1: right. And well and a lot of times stuff starts out as like helpful, right? Or adaptive at least, let's say. Maybe not helpful, but like it's a way to get through something. It started, it was functional at some point, yeah. but now it's not. And so you're talking about having to yeah to look at things to have new insight to relearn something that now is no longer helpful for mm. you right
0: that's really hard because mm-hmm. uh it's it speaks to the work of therapy yeah it's, it's not work, just yeah. it's not just <laughs> i mean Mm-mm. i think sometimes people don't understand that it's like talking yeah, yeah. talking through hard mm-hmm. situations is work it is and yeah. it's a really um it can oftentimes be painful. It can Mm -hmm. oftentimes, um, require, uh, hard conversations with, with a provider and saying, um, admitting some things that you may have, you have made mistakes on Mm -hmm. things that have been done to you. Mm
1: -hmm. Um,
0: man, that's really hard.
1: Yeah. Like, and that's, you know, I think that's the front end, right. If having those really hard conversations is tough and then it's like, as you move forward, you know, through change like sometimes that can be really hard too right especially if you know how you've been kind of interacting in this world or coping with things now you're having to change something like not only is that difficult but like that can affect relationships that are around you and so i think that's another misconception too of like wanting it to feel better right away and it's like it may feel a little worse before it feels better and you may have to change you know it may affect some of your relationships in ways that you weren't expecting it to. So, that's
0: true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I also wanted to ask you about some some of the stuff about you. Okay. okay. So, um, I wanted to ask, what is maybe your favorite self care? practice what are what does Catherine yeah. do to take care of herself you know maybe it's a walk maybe it's a
1: yeah a certain yeah. thing you like
0: to do so what is yeah. what are some of your favorite self-care and or, or some recommendations of self-care practices yeah for i mean
1: it's hard it's hard to pick just one because I think I have different self-care for like different things that Uh goes into like one thing I do I guess as part of my self-care is check in with myself about like what do I need like right now right and so asking that question of myself is really important Mm -hmm. so sometimes I think probably one of my favorite is like you know we'll do family dance parties in the kitchen at the end of the day okay a small one but a a meaningful one very meaningful like turn on the music really loud and just kind of let out and dance out the stress of the day right um you know I do yeah I like a lot of movement right so I, I run okay. I like being outside and hiking that's definitely a big part of my okay. self-care cool. um, but even little things you know I tell people it doesn't have to be that it doesn't have to be you know exercise while it's wonderful uh-huh. for self-care little things that you do like like when I leave here at the end of the day shutting um, you know the door to my office and really just kind of visualizing closing that up and mm-hmm. like switching into home mode an outside of
0: work mode that's, that's
1: you know small thing but it's really impactful to my my self-care okay
0: so just visualizing that yeah i've closed the book mm-hmm. i've closed the door right i'm moving into a different space of my life which yes. is home yes you know that's absolutely a, that's yeah. a that can be powerful mm-hmm. for your the rest of your night to be it able to be. just enjoy it to close to leave yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So
1: that's a big one. I never thought about that Mm -hmm. that way. Yeah. Yeah. It was one that I learned, like, early on in, in, you know, my career of counseling. Yeah. Because especially working with interpersonal violence, like, it was very, very heavy, you know, every session. So having something like that to help transition Mm -hmm. was very important to Yeah. Yeah.
0: That could be helpful for some Mm -hmm. people, I'm sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even work, everybody has work stress, right? It's not just counselors. So having, I think a lot of people struggle with that balance or like coming home and, and venting. And while that can be helpful, sometimes that can just put us into a really, you know, bad mood. And so maybe we do need to like have a point in our drive home where we just kind of shut it off and make that mental transition a conscious effort, yeah a conscious you effort. Know, that, yeah uh,
0: yeah uh, i'm i'm done with with thinking right. about that for now right I, it, i'll come back to it yes um
1: yeah
0: yeah and as well i don't want to go back to the pandemic too much but mm-hmm. man that was yes. hard to do
1: yes yeah especially when you're like walking out of one room in your house <laughs> right into home. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, that's
0: really uh Really yeah. a difficult thing. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. I I wanted to ask you about some recommendations sure. of things that have been impactful for you, or or maybe can can be helpful for some have been helpful for some of your clients. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So what are maybe some of your favorite things to recommend? Maybe it's a podcast, a book, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. um a video, anything that that you would recommend for people yeah. who have dealt with trauma or dealt with anything that they're going through.
1: Yeah, The Body Keeps the Score is a book by Bessel van der Kolk. Okay life I mean it was life-changing for me but I think it's been that way for a lot of my clients that have read it as well okay Um, so yeah great great book about um stress and trauma and like what it does to the body. Okay. Um, and then ways to kind of help heal from it, okay. you know, counseling is one of those, but there's a lot of other ways okay. too um, that he talks about. Um, it's a great, great, great book. Um, I also love anything by Kristen Neff. She does a lot of work on self-compassion, which mm-hmm. I think is a huge part of of mental health yep. um so yeah she has a really great website with just little exercises that you can do okay. to build self-compassion um and she's written you know some good books and good workbooks if you want to okay. dive
0: deeper okay um any podcasts are you a yeah, podcast listener yeah i love listener? podcasts so
1: okay. i mean it's it's hard to pick just one or two yep. um but uh yeah i think hidden brain is a really great one okay. um that i nerd out to a lot i think um there's therapist uncensored is another one that kind of talks about different topics related to mental health. Um, the happiness lab. That's another really good one. Okay, cool. Yeah.
0: Well, that's good to hear. Mm -hmm. I know that some of those can be very helpful for people. Um, and then I want to ask you some fun questions, just things that are uh, all about Catherine and what you would do. So first, uh, what occupation other than being a counselor, uh, or being in the mental health space would you like to do? So. so
1: I guess kind of related would be like research or teaching. Okay. Absolutely. Wow. Um, yeah, like doing research on this kind of stuff. Um, but on like just kind of like a fun dream career, like food or travel blogger. Okay. So I love food and I love to travel. And so that would be ideal to do that for a living. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, and it, what better time to do it than now? I feel yeah. like it's just – Mm -mm. being able to you can make a career off of that now. yeah i guess you you could right an influencer yeah (laughs) yeah an influencer i i I can see it happening
1: i need to up my social media first yes (laughs) yes
0: you'll get there you'll get there um okay speaking to food what would your last meal be
1: yeah i when you sent me this question i'm like i have no it's hard to pick just one. Okay. Um. So, but I think it would have to be. So my husband makes this like caprese French toast. It's sort of like bruschetta, but a much better spin on it. I think I've heard you mention um, this. You once. probably have because it's one of my favorite meals. Okay, so that's got to so go in that's there. That's got to be the last meal. Okay, yeah. and
0: then what yeah. are you? What are you drinking? Are you a wine person? Are you a soda person? Are Definitely. You having, what are you having to drink?
1: Like red wine or coffee? Both are like equally. Okay. Yeah. Red tied. wine or coffee, and then yeah. what's what's for dessert? Uh, tiramisu. Okay. Hundred percent.
0: Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Caprese, mm-hmm. Caprese French toast right. with tiramisu.
1: Yeah. See, I'd have the coffee with my tiramisu. Yes. Wine with in my caprese. Okay. Yeah.
0: That sounds like a a great last meal, if yes. you ask me. Yes. Yeah. Lots of culture in there. Yeah. Lots of culture in there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. If you were an ice cream flavor, what would you be?
1: Probably Rocky Road. Like real good chocolatey sweet but with a little little crunch in there yeah sometimes. you got the chunks yeah, in, yeah. In the okay <laughs> yeah rocky road
0: and what are some of your favorite movies or tv shows what are you watching lately or and what's some of your maybe all-time favorites
1: yeah so all-time favorite is the office okay. i love the office yeah um just a good comedy like i do like really off the wall comedies yeah um and then the other thing is just like crime or action shows. So I actually just got done watching Jack Ryan series.
0: Gotcha. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. I appreciate you. you being here. If someone wants to get uh, in therapy with you, I know well, all of our office is very busy and mm-hmm. you know, it's, we, we, sure. we have wait lists and stuff, but if somebody would like to, they can just call the front desk yep, and talk the with desk. the receptionist yeah. and they can yeah. help um, get in touch with how they can um, get, a session with you maybe for their kids or something like that
1: absolutely so, yeah cool. yeah they can always call the front desk and like i said you know kind of ask questions yep. come to find out you know
0: Yep. Yeah. okay cool well thank you again i appreciate yeah. your time thank and, you for having um, me it was fun yes definitely mm-hmm. all
1: right all right
0: we are done thank you so much that yeah. was really